I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Hello, you fans. Welcome in. This is the Crimson Corner Podcast. It's powered by KSLSports.com, live from the quarantine, Allen household, or just want to put it plain and simple, my walk-in closet. That's obviously a place where I can get the best audio quality is in a small room that's not padded, but it helps with the sound quality. Welcome in. Thank you so much for tuning into the Crimson Corner Podcast. I truly do appreciate it. You guys can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Trevor A. Sports. You can also follow KSL Sports everywhere at KSL Sports on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And also, I believe KSL Sports.com is where you'll find us on TikTok. So go ahead and give us a follow there. Got a lot coming up on this show for you guys. We will talk to former Utah defensive tackle and current member of the Arizona Cardinals, Lucky Fotu. He'll join us to talk about his draft experience and what the whole process was like when he got the phone call from the Arizona Cardinals and having to to work out on his own and get ready for his rookie season without having to go to the Cardinals facility. It's a little bit of a, a different thing than what other draft prospects have had to go through or than what other draftees have had to go through. And we also talk about all of his teammates who were either drafted or signed via undrafted free agency. We'll talk about that with Lecky coming up here shortly. But first, I just want to say thank you guys for tuning in and submitting your questions for the Great Ute Debate. That was last week. If you guys missed it, you guys can go find it on the KSL Sports Facebook or YouTube pages. That was where it was streamed. Or I also uh, cut up the audio portion where it made sense, obviously, if you tuned in and noticed that we did some video stuff, some video breakdown. I did not include that on the audio portion that was put on the podcast feed. But it was so fun to just go back in time to 2008 and 2004, two great seasons and two of the best seasons in Utah football history. And one of the reasons why we did it was just to try and figure out which team was better. I knew going in that we weren't going to get an answer as to who was better. But it was fun to to do the what-ifs. You know, we're in this time in quarantine where sports is on pause and, you know, you really have to get creative and finding things to talk about. And, you know, everyone around the country is finding this, not just here in Utah. But really, it was just fun to catch up with Brian Johnson, Stevenson Sylvester, Eric Weddle, and, and Quinton Ganther. That was a lot of fun. So if you guys missed any of it or just want to go back and watch it again, uh, head over to kslsports.com, also has that video as well. And because it was so well received, we have chosen to do another 
it's not going to be a debate type uh, stream on this one coming up. It'll be on Thursday, May 7th at 8 a.m. I know it's early, so if, if you're one of those who sleeps in, no worries. You can go back and watch it on, on kslsports.com or on the KSL Sports Facebook or YouTube pages is where you'll be able to find that. We're going to be catching up with, we're going to do like a round table. It's called the uh, Path to Domination, the 2004 Utah football team. We're going to talk to Quinton Ganther. He, he's going to jump back on uh, along with his teammates in the wide receiver duo, deadly duo, Steve Savoy and Paris Warren, along with former Utah safety and current defensive coordinator Morgan Scally is going to join us. And we're going to talk about that 2004 season and why they were so dominant. And, and some topics that we brought up on the Great Ute debate is going to come up on there too. But also just the whole difference between Urban Meyer and Kyle Whittingham as far as running a program. As you guys can tell, Utah's offense was really, really good under Urban Meyer. And the offense has gotten really good uh, at Utah, but Urban Meyer's known for his offense. Kyle Whittingham's known for his defense. So it'll be interesting to talk about it because all these guys have have a bunch of different stories to talk about and, and different angles to go about this, especially with Paris Warren and Steve Savoy playing at the wide receiver positions alongside Alex Smith being the uh, two main targets for Alex. And then Morgan playing on that defense and then now coaching alongside Kyle Whittingham and has really been a part of, of the whole transition of this Utah football program from, you know, a player to being, you know, a, a, a graduate assistant to being the safeties coach and now the defensive coordinator. And to me, the head coach in waiting from when Kyle Whittingham decides to retire. So it'll be great to catch up with those guys. It'll be at 8 a.m. on Thursday, May 7th. And you guys can catch that on the KSL Sports Facebook and YouTube pages. And we're going to be doing this from time to time over on the KSL Sports Facebook and YouTube pages just to kind of go back in time, you know, get a lot of these guys on. And I have I have other ideas, of, and us here at KSL Sports have other ideas. And I really want to tell you guys this. KSL Sports is committed to giving you the best insight, the best coverage of every local sports team in this state. I know that in years past, KSL Sports has been associated with BYU. They've carried their games on TV. They still carry their games on radio. It's what it's always been. But KSL Sports as a brand now, what we're doing, they have beat writers. They have insiders for each team. We have Ben Anderson on the Utah Jazz. We have Mitch Harper on BYU. I'm on the Utes. Tom Hackett is on the Utes and on RSL. You guys can find insight from any team you want in this state over at kslsports.com and on our podcast network where we have podcasts for every team. And so I, I would recommend checking it out and telling your friends because I know that people have that, you know, a lot of Ute fans have that in the back of their mind that KSL equals BYU. And that's not the case anymore. It's not just BYU, I will say. We're still going to have, you know, the best coverage of, of BYU, but now we're having the best coverage of the Utah Jazz and, of course, the Utes. And that's why we are bringing the Crimson Corner to you and starting this brand for Ute fans. So tell your friends, tell your family, tell all your fellow Ute fans that kslsports.com is your one-stop shop for all things Utes. I'm excited about our next guest. He is now an NFL player. He was selected in the fourth round of the 2020 NFL Draft by the Arizona Cardinals. Former Utah defensive tackle, Lecky Fotu. Lecky, how are you, man? I'm good. How are you? Doing good. So uh, what has it been like for the last week and a half or so since being drafted to the Cardinals? Um, you know, uh, after the draft, it's been uh, a lot of uh, excitement for my family. 
Uh, but at the same time, I, I, I knew that, you know, it, it, it was time to work. Um, but, you know, with, with everything that's going on um, in, the, in the world, uh, you know, trying to do the best that I can uh, on my part um, to, you know, stay fit and ready. And, uh, you know, right now just trying to learn the playbook and uh, understand this defense. But uh, besides that, you know, um, everything else is going good. Um, just a matter of time until um, we get out there. But, you know, just doing my part, uh, what I can to uh, stay ready for when that time comes. So normally you would, you would be in a, the rookie mini camp, but obviously that isn't going to happen. So have the Cardinals just been talking to you? Ha- have you been having meetings with your coaches and just to, have they laid out like a workout program and, and you know, of what you should be doing on your own? Are, are you still here in, in the state of Utah? Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm still here uh, in Utah. But, uh, you know, I've been having uh, meetings with my D-line coach uh, every day and, uh, you know, going over uh, installs uh, and understanding the defense and uh, breaking down um, you know, the, the position that I'm going to be playing and, um, you know, doing workouts um, on my part to uh, stay fit, you know, stay strong and uh, just ready for, you know, when everything else clears up, you know, and when we head down there. Tell me about the process from when you got the phone call from the Cardinals. What was that like, and what was some of the things that was said to you when you were getting drafted? Um, you know, uh, when that phone call uh, came in, um, you know, I kind of was stuck for a quick second, um, you know, realizing, you know, the, you know, these type of phone calls that I've been seeing on TV, and, uh, you know, just on social media, but, you know, to to have it, um, you know, be called to me uh, in real life was something um, super special um, for me and my family and to have them uh, be there with me, uh, enjoying the moment and being part of it, uh, which is something um, something big for, for my family, um, you know, from what we've been through already. And, um, you know, just had that phone call um, and joining the team, uh, a, a great team. And, um, you know, just full of excitement and joy and just being uh, honored to, to, to be one of those that, uh, you know, been selected for it. A guy who also used to play at the University of Utah, uh, played on the D-line, uh, he's also with the Cardinals now, Kylie Fitz. Have you have you talked to him since being drafted? Uh, yeah, yeah. I saw uh, time to text. And, uh, you know, he's super excited to have uh, another U-boy uh, down there with him. And uh, I'm excited that he's there, you know, uh, to have a familiar face down there. And uh, someone that I can, you know, look up to and, um, you know, for him to help me out uh, with the area and also, um, you know, helping me as a player. Um, you know, I'm just super excited, um, you know, to start working with him. Uh, you know, once everything else clears up. You were the fourth you taken uh, off the board, or excuse me, fifth. And, uh, you know, so seven of you guys, six of your teammates were drafted on draft day, and then five more guys signed with teams after the draft. What was it like seeing that? Um, you know, for me, uh, I, I was just as happy um, for them uh, than I was for myself. You know, uh, just, you know, knowing uh, the guys that you came in with, um, you know, your, your freshman year, and, uh, you know, to receive some of them, you know, also be part of this, 
this draft class. Um, this is something super special, something that, you know, you will never forget, um, you know, coming in, you know, with uh, Zach, Terrell, um, Snoop and I, uh, and everyone. Um, just to, to see them, you know, uh, get their shot too. Um, you know, it's just one of the best feelings that you can have from one of your teammates or your brothers or your friends, uh, you know, seeing them um, successful and, uh, you know, also having a chance, you know, to, to now go against them and, and stuff like that. But, you know, it's, it's just super exciting uh, to, to see my boys, uh, you know, get their, get their shots, uh, get their shots also. Something else that, that is really cool is that out of all the youths who, who were drafted, only one of your teammates that you're only going to see uh, twice a year, everyone else is in different divisions, and that's Terrell Burgess with the LA Rams. How cool is that? Man, uh, you know, me, me and Terrell, you know, be, before you know, uh, all this, you know, we, 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 we had talked, uh, you know, in, in my rooms and, and his, you know, uh, about moments like this. And, uh, you know, just to have those talks, uh, back then, and now, you know, actually going through it, you know, it, it's still a, a feeling, um, you know, that I can't really explain, but, uh, you know, we, we're, we're just, you know, feel like we're in a movie type of feeling, and, um, you know, just to go through it now, you know, we're just super excited and happy for uh, for everyone, and, uh, you know, excited to go to work and, you know, represent um, not just ourselves, but, you know, what we've been doing these past four years here at Utah and, you know, to, to share it with everyone else. What was the first thing that came to mind when you were getting that phone call from the Cardinals? Um, you know, my very first thought was just knowing that, you know, something that my family has helped me out uh, with it to, to get where I am today. And, and um, you know, just to see um, mom's face and her reaction, uh, knowing you know, um, all the hard work is uh, slowly paying off. And um, I think that is something, you know, for me to see that um, for my mom and, uh, you know, understanding what she did uh, and all her sacrifices for our family um, just to get, you know, that reaction for a couple seconds. And, um, you know, my first thing, you know, was just seeing how happy she was and uh, knowing you know, uh, and I'm doing something that we all had to go for. And uh, just to see her reaction is just super precious for me. Had I gone back in time from your time uh, at a Harriman High School when, when you just started playing the game, and that okay. I would tell you that, that you would be a stud on, on that defense for Utah and that your football career in college would eventually lead you to the NFL, what would you tell me if, if I would have told you that it would, that it would have happened? Um, I probably would have. You know, uh, agree with you, but at the same time, uh, you know, I, I I wouldn't you know expect anything like that to happen. You know, uh, you know, I'll probably be one of those kids that you know that just nod their head and you know agree with you, and you know, at the same time, oh, you know, it's a joke. And uh, but you know, now that I see it, you know, I I, I feel like. Um, you know, anything that you tell a kid, you know, they'll, they'll believe it. So, yeah, I'll go with that. Have you already talked to uh, Coach Witt, Coach Scally, Coach Powell, and uh, Sione? They were one of the first ones to, uh, to call me right after uh, my call with the Cardinals. Um, you know, uh, 
those guys, uh, those coaches, my coaches, you know, I, I owe them, um, you know, a lot, you know, for, for what they called us uh, at Utah and becoming the uh, the player and, then, you know, the, the young man that we are today um, with the process that we follow uh, there, um, you know, uh, they were the first ones to call, you know, that, that meant a lot to me knowing that, you know, my coaches, you know, that they started recruiting me from high school, you know, they still show love, you know, even after uh, we, we, we finished in there. But, you know, it, it, it meant a lot to me to, to have those guys call me first. What are your goals now? Um, I, I know it's a little bit of a weird time, but, you know, as far as we know right now, the uh, NFL season is supposed to start on schedule according to front office people in the league, but – what is your goal? Say say that the season plays out and that, you know, you're you're gonna be going into training camp in July and all that stuff. What are your goals he- heading in into your rookie season? My goal uh, going into my rookie season is to, you know, be the best player that I can be and also be one of the best defensive linemen uh in the league. And um, you know, I, I, I feel like with the help of the coaching staff and the vets, you know, they, they can help me get to um, you know, my goals that I have, uh, you know, locked in this upcoming season. And, um, yeah. Well, I'll leave you on this. Uh, as Coach Scally, and and I know you already saw this, but uh, when, when he was breaking down film leading up to the draft, the one thing that really stood out is that you had hands or paws that uh, could, could have scratched the face off of anybody. Do you believe that? Um, yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome. Sometimes, sometimes. Yeah. Well, Lecky, uh, obviously all of us here in Salt Lake City and uh, a lot of the Ute fans are really happy for you to see you get drafted and that your story is so unique and and so awesome, and we're just really happy for you. Congrats, and we'll definitely keep tabs on you throughout your rookie season. Thank you so much for joining me. Yes, sir. Thank you, Trevor. And there you go. That was Lecky Foto joining me here on the podcast. So great to catch up with him. He He's got such a great story where he only played one year of football before he went to college. A lot of you have probably seen his, his rugby highlights on Twitter, and he was just absolutely fantastic at rugby. So fast, but so big. That is what I don't understand. The, the guy's like 6'5", 330 pounds, and he is fast. And not only that, he's strong. He's got a knack to finding the football. And also, at the same time, just an overall great guy. So it was really great to catch up with Lecky and obviously wish him nothing but the best with the Arizona Cardinals. All right, we're going to go ahead and take a break. When we come back, I'm going to tell you how three Utah players who were drafted, how they're going to fit in with their brand-new teams. All of that coming up on the other side. This is the Crimson Corner Podcast. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold season three, the search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.
Welcome back into the Crimson Corner Podcast, powered by kslsports.com. I'm your host and youth insider, Trevor Allen. Big thank you to Lecky Fotu for joining the program. Such a great guy, and I really hope that he just has a long and successful NFL career. Hopefully it's at a place like Arizona where they're really starting to build something great there with with Cliff Kingsbury at at the helm and, and former Denver Broncos head coach Vance Joseph is the defensive coordinator there. So I really hope that he just thrives there, and I know he will, because he, he comes from a great college football program with great coaches and will definitely have a long and wonderful NFL career. All right, something that you guys will see over at kslsports.com, and I'm going to be doing this periodically. I'm going to try and do it once a day, but I tell you what, without you know not having any sports, I've been keeping busy with the NFL draft, with, you know, these these streams like like the great youth debate and then you know path to domination and stuff it's really kept me busy and i'm not complaining because there are a lot of people out there and even in this market who are off of their you know beats and they're having to to do news stories not at not at ksl sports our whole team is still committed to, to giving you the latest news you know what we're doing we're also doing great content great fun content like we have a bracket up right now that is the Best classic sports logos in Utah sports history. And not just the Utes. This is every sports team in Utah. So you guys can go vote on that. So of what I'm doing, I'm going through in order by where they were drafted, how each Ute will fit in with their new teams. So the first one, and of what I'm doing, I'm just breaking down, you know, contract info, even though a lot of the uh, draft picks have not signed their contracts. Um, You know, any little tidbits of of uh, like you know what number they're going to wear and things like that. I'm also predicting when they're going to start, if they're going to start, how they're going to fare with that team on top of the other players in that position that they have to battle with to get that starting spot. So I started with Jalen Johnson. Obviously was the very first U taken off the board with the 50th overall pick in the second round of the 2020 NFL Draft by the Chicago Bears. One of the things that Johnson is having to go through, and I think was one of the reasons why he probably slipped, he was supposed to be late first round, early second round to me, and he dropped to mid to late second round. I think some of it was that shoulder surgery he had back in March. Some of the sites already have like some of the depth charts updated, and if you go over to ESPN.com, they have Johnson listed as a backup at cornerback, and the two projected starters are Kyle Fuller and Buster Scrine. Now, Fuller is entering the second year of his current three-year contract with the Bears. He does have two more years after that, which is an option. And to me, Fuller's one of the top ten cornerbacks in the NFL right now, so I don't think the Bears are going to mess with that right now. Now, this is where I think Jalen Johnson can really slip in there and be that starter. Buster Scrine is entering the last year of his contract. He has an out in his contract after this season. And then on top of that, Chicago drafted another cornerback in the fifth round when they selected Kendall Viter from Georgia Southern. He likely is not going to affect Johnson's chances of starting for the Bears. But also, the Bears did not re-sign cornerback Prince Amukamara and allowed him to enter the free agent market. So, to me, prediction time, I believe Johnson's going to start opening day for the uh, Chicago Bears in their season opener. I think he'll beat out Buster Scrine for the left cornerback spot during training camp. I just think because of his ability to play in different schemes, either in press coverage or scaling back in in coverage, along with his ability to use his length and quickness to make plays, it's going to separate him in training camp. 
and he will be a contributor for that really good Bears defense in the season opener. In college, Johnson allowed just three touchdowns in his career. That's insane. And then as far as his contract details, according to SpotTrack.com, Johnson is projected to make $6.4 million over the course of his rookie contract, which I think is four years, four or five years. It depends on where you're drafted. His signing bonus is predicted to be around $2.2 million, and we'll use an estimated $1.1 million of the Bears' salary cap this upcoming season. But again, he hasn't signed his contract, so that's just off of that website and not exactly what has been reported. All right, and then another one that I did was Julian Blackman. He was the third-round draft selection by the Indianapolis Colts with the 85th overall pick. Now, I think Blackman is going to be a longtime starter for the Colts. And I'll tell you a couple reasons why. I think for this year, it's going to be a little bit different because he's coming back from that knee injury that they suffered in the Oregon game in the Pac-12 championship. He's going to be playing behind Malik Hooker, who is the current Colts starting free safety. Uh, Kari Willis is the is the strong safety starter, but Hooker is entering the final year of his contract. And that is official now because the Colts did have the option to pick up another, I think, year or two of his contract. And they announced a couple days ago that they have declined the option on Malik Hooker. And I think that that's because they have Julian Blackman now. Blackman's going to wear number 32, so just swap his numbers going from 23 to 32. But the Colts did not bring back safety Clayton Gaithers and allowed him to hit the free agency market. Here's what I think the impact that Julian Blackman will have this upcoming season. I think if he goes into the season completely healthy, he will get snaps at safety. They'll give him some looks, definitely, but it'll be as a backup. His time to shine is going to be 2021. If he can stay healthy throughout 2020 and really make some plays in the time that he has out on the field, I think that he will move in and and be the starting safety in 2021 for the Colts in his second year in the NFL. He's such a versatile player because we all know he moved from cornerback to a safety, can play either you know press coverage, scale back. He's a freak of an athlete. He can make plays and is going to be a valuable member of the Colts for years to come. Now, as far as his contract details, again, did not sign his contract yet. Um, that will happen in the coming weeks. According to SpotTrack.com, Blackman is projected to make $4.3 million over the course of his rookie contract. His signing bonus will probably be around $926,000 and using an estimated $841,609 of the Colts cap. Again, that's all according to SpotTrack.com. So I think that that was a great pick pickup for the Colts, a guy they really needed fill that safety spot and you know Blackman was was projected to go around fifth round and the Colts went two rounds earlier than that and picked him he even went before Terrell Burgess so that really says something about the Colts and believing in what Julian Blackman can do and then the final one that I have done is how will Zach Moss fit in with the Buffalo Bills Now, I think we all know how he is going to fit in, but if you don't, I'll tell you how. He has a prime opportunity to have an immediate impact with the Buffalo Bills. He was taken in the third round, one pick later than Julian Blackman, so 86th overall in the draft. He is currently listed as the backup running back to Devin Singletary. Now, Singletary just finished his rookie season in the NFL, so he'll be entering his second year. Also, sitting behind Moss is former Alabama running back T.J. Yeldon, who is entering his final year of his contract with the Bills. And then their their fourth-string running back in Buffalo's nine-year NFL veteran, Taiwan Jones, 
He's also in his final year of the contract. It's going to be weird seeing Zach Moss wearing number 20 instead of number 2. He just added a 0 on there, but that's what he'll be wearing with the Buffalo Bills. But one of the reasons why Moss was taken by Buffalo is because the Bills wanted to go into a youth movement at running back. Because one of their starting running backs last year was Frank Gore. Guy's been in the league for, I think, 15 years. He's been in the league for a very long time. We'll probably go into the NFL Hall of Fame. They did not bring him back. And they allowed him to hit hit the free agency market, and he recently signed with the New York Jets. That means that they have two guys who have a combined one year of NFL experience, and that's Devin Singletary's one year. And the reason why I think he's going to have a major impact is because in today's day and age of NFL football, offenses don't run that one single back all the time the way that Utah does now. They like to split carries and have multiple weapons in that backfield and be able to use multiple running backs. And that's why you're even seeing their value in in fantasy football drop is because they don't get the bulk of the carries. Not a lot of teams do that. If you look at, you know, there's, there's some teams who do. Like if you look at the Cowboys, Zeke Elliott, he's one of those guys. But you'd even see it with like the LA Rams when they had Todd Gurley. And I know Denver uses a couple of backs. So does the Oakland Raiders, now now the Las Vegas Raiders. Seattle Seahawks, they used multiple guys, but they were also banged up all the, all the time last year, too, at the running back spot. You look at the Arizona Cardinals, they had David Johnson, then he got hurt. And then now he's in, in Houston, but they're using multiple backs. And, you know, I can go through each team. I mean, really, you look at Zeke Elliott, Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb maybe in Cleveland. And then you go to Christian McCaffrey in Carolina, but he's a guy who's used in many different ways. But in the NFL last year, 16 guys rushed over 1,000 yards, but a lot of them hovered around 1,000. I mean, the most was Derrick Henry at 1,500, but still. So that's that's kind of the wave that you know the league's going to nowadays. So I really think it's going to be interesting to see how Zach Moss, and I, I think that they obviously took him in the third round. That is an absolute steal, and he's going to come in. And he's not going to start, but he's definitely going to get carries. And then all it takes is just for him to beat out Devin Singletary, which I know he can do. He had to do that in college. He had to beat out some guys for him to get playing time and to be the guy. Uh, as far as his contract details, Moss has not signed a contract with the Bills. According to SpotTrack.com, Moss is projected to make $4.1 million over the course of his contract as a rookie, or in his rookie contract. His signing bonus is projected to be worth around $914,000 and using about $838,000 of the Bills cap in 2020. Something else that uh, is going on with Zach Moss, if you guys want to, he is going to premiere a YouTube documentary on his YouTube channel. It's called Moss Mode TV. So on Sunday, he is going to release a documentary. So, But he's also asking you to go subscribe to his, his channel on YouTube. And while you're at it, go ahead and uh, hit, hit that button as well for KSL Sports YouTube page. Zach Moss is asking for that. Um, you guys can find all the details on that over at kslsports.com. All right, final thing, and then we're going to get out of here. Utah Athletics announces the largest and most accomplished inductees for the 2020 Utah Athletics Hall of Fame. They announced eight athletes. It's the largest in school history along with one of the most accomplished. Two of the eight athletes went on to be number one overall picks in their league's drafts. Now, in that class, Alex Smith, Utah football. Went on to be the number one overall pick in the 2005 NFL Draft by the San Francisco 49ers. He's been in the league for 16 seasons with the Niners, the Chiefs, and now the Washington Redskins. By the way, while we're on that subject, that Project 11 documentary that was done on ESPN was absolutely fantastic. If you have not seen it, 
do it. Just tell you right now, I'm not going to give any spoilers, but it was fantastic. My wife isn't into sports much. She'll follow a little bit. I had her watch it, and she enjoyed it big time. So I would recommend checking it out. All right, and then another inductee into the Utah Athletics Hall of Fame, Andrew Bogut, went on to be the number one overall pick in the 2005 NBA draft to the Milwaukee Bucks. During his career, he played with five teams, the Bucks, the Warriors, the Dallas Mavericks, the Cleveland Cavaliers, and the Los Angeles Lakers. He won an NBA title in 2015 with the Warriors. And then Amy Hogue, softball. As a player, she was a second-team All-American in 1994, helped the Utes to win a school record 51 games. She also set school single-season records with a .455 batting average and scored 55 runs, leading to being named WAC Player of the Year. And she led the Utes to a pair of conference titles and appearances in the College World Series in 1991 and 1994. She's now the head coach of Utah softball and has been for the past 13 seasons, has coached the Utes to three NCAA tournament appearances. Then you go to Lori Baird from volleyball. She was an AVCA third-team All-American, All-West Region selection, and the 2008 Mountain West Conference Co-Player of the Year. That was the year that the Utes won the Mountain West title while appearing in the Sweet 16 of the NCAA tournament. She ranked 16th in the country in blocks per set with 1.39 and 4th in the conference in kills per set with 3.05. After her great career at Utah, she finished with 1,236 kills and 561 blocks. The fifth inductee to go in, Anthony Brown, former offensive lineman at Utah. He was a third-team Associated Press All-American and first-team All-WAC honors in 1994. He was leading the charge on the offensive line for the Utes in the 90s. He helped the Utes' offense average 36.4 points per game and had a 10-2 record in 1994, finished in top 10 of the national polls for the first time in school history. Brown entered the NFL draft as a free agent where he played with the Cincinnati Bengals and the Pittsburgh Steelers. And then over to baseball for the sixth inductee, Casey Child. Um, He was an outfielder and designated hitter for the Utes in the late 1990s where he earned first-team ABCA All-American. He set single-season school records with 104 hits, 31 home runs, 97 RBIs, 227 total bases and and a .890 slugging percentage. All of those records still stand today. He led the Utes to 36 wins in the WAC North Division title and was selected in the 16th round of the Major League Baseball draft by the Anaheim Angels. And then another guy who was inducted, a guy who we've had on this podcast, Eddie Johnson, former Utah running back. He was Utah's all-time leading rusher with 3,219 yards and 35 touchdowns before Zach Moss broke those records during the 2019 season. He was a first-team all-wax selection as a freshman in 1984, and then again in 1986. In Utah school history, 18 seasons have had a running back rush over 1,000 yards in a season. Johnson had two of those. Through his career at Utah, he had 12 100-yard rushing games, with half of those coming in just the 1986 season alone. And then the final inductee, women's basketball player Leilani Mitchell, who was a third-team All-American and Mountain West Conference Player of the Year during the 2007-2008 season. She was one of the three finalists for the Lieberman Award, which is given to the top point guard in NCAA Division I basketball. Uh, She averaged 7.5 assists, which was the fourth most in the country, and she also averaged 16.8 points per game as the Utes won the Mountain West Conference regular season title and reached the NCAA tournament. You guys can read more about that over at kslsports.com. All right, that will do it for this edition of the Crimson Corner Podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Again, you can find me on Twitter at Trevor A. Sports. Thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure you guys head over 
to KSL Sports Facebook page or YouTube to catch the, the stream with 2004 Utah football players Quinton Ganther, Steve Savoy, Paris Warren, and Morgan Scally. We'll talk to you guys next time. Thanks for listening. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear-gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com Follow us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you listen.